game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on what we can consider the highest point of professional wrestling in this new decade. Starting this week, and specifically this Friday, the wrestling landscape is going to change in WWE, in AEW, in New Japan, in Ring of Honor, in any possible place you can think of right now. Starting this Friday, Rampage, AEW's first episode of Rampage on TNT takes place. On Saturday, the 14th, uh, Resurgence from New Japan begins. Next week, Rampage at the United Center with a certain best in the world hopefully showing up. Yeah. We, uh, there are so many things going on in the pro wrestling world uh, and we are going to try to cover them as best as we can for you. Welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling Podcast. I am Matt. I am Don and holy shit, do we have a crazy week ahead of us. We have a crazy week. We have a crazy month. I mean, you know, just think of it like literally this week is the starting point and, and not even you know, another week in seven days, like the shit hits the fan because thir- tomorrow is Rampage, the 13th of August in 2021. The week after that is the second Rampage where a certain best in the world might make their de- debut. On the 21st is All Out, you know. No, of- 21st is not All Out. That's uh, SummerSlam. Oh, that's right. SummerSlam moved to Saturday, huh? Yeah. All Out is on the 5th of September. 5th of September, okay. So, yeah, SummerSlam is the 21st, and then All Out is the 5th of September. That's correct. Yeah. Either way. It's, yeah, it's a crazy week. I mean, it's, like, starting tomorrow up until, I would say, I mean, yeah, up until the 5th of September is going to be a crazy couple of weeks for the wrestling community. Like, you have Rampage starting tomorrow. You have Rampage starts tomorrow. Resurgence, which you're going to be at. Resurgence, which I am going to. What's going to be the main part of our uh, of our show a little bit later? Um, but yes, uh, who knows who's going, to, who's going to show up to that? There's still about three matches unannounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like we like, who do you think uh, John Moxley's mystery tag team partner is going to be? I have a whole presentation. I'm going to uh, show Donald and what we should go over with you guys because. Um, uh i my my goodly girlfriend is going with me she bought me tickets for my birthday so i made a presentation for her to kind of get her up to speed of what's going on and so i'm going to cover that actually but who do you think is going to who's going to be his mystery partner i think it might be eddie kingston like i i think it might be eddie kingston just based off their just based off the stuff that they've been doing in aew mm-hmm. okay. it's yeah it's a good it's a good guess. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Oh, no, totally. This is all speculation, obviously. We yeah. all have, as, as wrestling fans, we all like to guess. Um, and the thing, like, right now is, like, I mean, it's the Wild Wild West right now. 
like yeah. you have you know you you have companies working together so well so well right now like the forbidden door is wide open with the exception of one company but like, huh. I was looking at like, sorry go on and then you know you have you you have another company releasing talent left and like amazing talent left and right and so you you just it's it's crazy like to think of what you know is going to happen in the next couple of weeks next couple of months mm. it's it's totally insane did you know that i'm looking up wrestlers from california just to kind of get like a uh an idea of who it might be mm-hmm. um and you know before i tell you any real guesses did you know crash holly is from california yeah i knew that and bob holly bob holly hardcore holly is from california crash holly's from anaheim he's not from alabama crash holly is from anaheim and bob holly's from uh glendale i would have never fucking thought that right ivory's from california uh tjp is obviously from california but tjp is already on the card so it's not gonna be him Obviously, The Rock's from California. Um, fucking, who else did I see? John Laurinaitis. Well, John Laurinaitis. John Lor- oh, wait, no, he's from Philadelphia. Why? Oh, he lives in California. That's why. Yeah, I'm like, he lives in California. No, no, he's built from San Bernardino. That's why. He's actually from Chicago. It says he was born in Philadelphia. He probably grew up in Chicago, but it says he was born in Philadelphia. Yeah. But he was. Built- I mean, California when he was part of the dynamic dudes. Cause uh his brother Animal was is you know one of the most popular Chicago wrestlers. One of the most yeah. Oh no, yeah, totally. Like one of the most Chicago famous Chicago wrestlers. Oh yeah, Sasha Banks is from California. She's from Fairfield. Hmm. That makes sense. But anyways, uh we're gonna go into that a little bit later. What do you mean Bill Goldberg's from California? Oh yeah, he is actually. He's from California. No, 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 no. He lives in California. He's from Oklahoma. Ew. He lives in California. He went to the University again, of Georgia. Proof again that nothing great comes out of Oklahoma, except for uh, Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, totally. Uh, I guess Jake Hager, too. But eh, I'm kind of really hot and cold with Jake Hager. Um, like... He just he doesn't really have a personality that grabs me. And yeah. you can't like you can't just be like he's you know Kurt Angle Jr. or just a taller Kurt Angle. You can't really go that route. Because at least Kurt I, Angle had like some form of charisma, whether it be like, you know, just very serious or just very funny but serious. You know what I mean? I blame WWE for that because like he's I think he's a really, really great like he has a somewhat decent persona in AEW, especially when you watch stuff like BTE. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize he's 39 years old. Who, Hager? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, he spent most of his younger years in WWE, so. That's true. I don't believe that. Like, he spent his early 20s in WWE. He was there for a while. I would thought he would like he'd be a lifer. I mean, well, you know, he could have been a lifer, but then he got high. Um. Okay, let's talk about some of the big news. Uh, going into this week. Um, this one, I saw this and I immediately thought of you. Keith Lee finally explained why he was missing from WWE at the beginning of 2021. Yes. 
Yes, Go yes, into yes, this, please, yes, Don. Yes. Elaborate this. I know this one's close to your heart. You've been a big uh, Keith Lee fan for as long as I've known. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, love, I fucking love Keith Lee. He's my boy. He's my boy. He's from the state I'm moving to. So uh, pretty much he had COVID-19. He had caught COVID-19 in January. Um, I mean, you know, he has been gone for since pretty much January. I mean, he's it's been five months, I guess, since he... But uh, yeah, he essentially what happened was, uh, you know, he came after he tested positive for COVID, he came back, he came back, you know, to training mm-hmm. and his doctor said, you know, he had irregularities with his blood and saying, you know, he had an inflammation in his heart. So that is like, he like basically forbid him from training for, you know, from, for wrestling. So he had some. Like he had to basically rebuild his whole immune system. It was crazy. He has a whole video up on it on YouTube, which I definitely recommend checking out. Yeah. But I'm so glad like he's recovered and you know he's doing good now. Because that's that's such a crazy thing to think about that he's, you know, his whole his whole life could have like he could have been just shelved for the rest of his life, but he yeah. uh, he fought back and you know, now he's back in the ring and he's back to living a normal life. Well, normal, quote unquote, is what he said. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I'm just glad he's doing better. I'm like the video, if you watch the video, you're going to get emotional. I teared up a bit when I was watching it because, mm. you know, he's, he's my boy. But yeah, like I'm so glad he's doing better. Yeah, it's it's it was really disheartening because, you know, nobody knew what was going on, and he was very quiet, very media silent, and then obviously Mia Yim is very, uh, I wouldn't say in character, but she tries to very much keep up uh, an optimistic view on her social media as well, and of course, I don't think the company really wanted, um, you know, it out that one of their wrestlers got COVID since you know they they were under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, because a lot of uh, their COVID protocols came under question yeah. because they weren't necessarily thorough and they d- it didn't really seem like they cared that much about keeping everybody safe. Whereas AEW uh, was very open about their own protocols for their own wrestlers. Um, so I think WWE knew it was going to be a bad look. Uh, the most important takeaway, obviously, is, you know, you don't know how COVID's going to hit you. You don't know exactly what the long-term ramifications of getting uh, this disease. So um, it's really scary to hear that you know you think you have if you have it, you think that's the it that's the end when it goes away when you're finally you know get your other senses back. But like it'll it'll attack it'll attack everything else. Like you obviously you know with your father, unfortunately yeah. you know it, it attacked everything with other people with Keith Lee in this case you know it. it it affected his heart. I've heard other people say that it's affected their spine. Uh, you know, it, people just, you know, if you get it bad enough, you it's hard to come back from it. Um, and luckily, you know, he was able to fight it. You know, I'm sure he's able to afford great health care and stuff like that. So good on him and good on his wife for, you know, putting him first above, you know, even her own career. You know, mm-hmm. because I'm sure if the shoe was on the other foot, you know, he would do the same for her. Um, but it, it's scary. It's so scary. 
but yeah it's good to see him back it's good to finally hear about like what was going on i'm gonna be honest though uh i'm still kind of soured on on him and and mia yim mia yim because uh, uh retribution was not a good faction no it, it was the shits as, as they say um and just keith lee like okay like yeah now now knowing that he had covid you know you you give him some leeway but just the, the the way they're using him now as he returns is it doesn't help because he was a top prospect for the main roster uh by all all wrestling fans and he has the look he has the strength like he's not necessarily i wouldn't say like classically handsome he's he doesn't look like a bobby lashley but i mean he has the charisma yeah oh, he's so charismatic that's what that's what like caught me on to him very very early on is he's so charismatic like whenever you hear him do a promo or an interview like even back back when he first started i like i i just immediately was like oh my god this guy is gonna do amazing like yeah yeah like and in a in a company where they want characters and a character in a company where they want more people like i'm and what i'm assuming because that's what worked for them in the past you would want more people like The Rock. You would want more people like Stone Cold. You would want more people like Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon knew how to cut a promo back in the day. Yeah. Like, you know, you have somebody like that who's a powerhouse and, you know, it would be a good look for the company. You know, and and wait, he, mind you, he's a powerhouse, but he's also very agile. He's very agile. He's like, he, I think he's even bigger than Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe is also known for being really yeah. light on his feet. Um, he has all the tools there, but they just don't know how to use them. And, you know, it, again, it's disheartening to see that on TV. And that's what really hasn't sold me on him um, as far as, you know, his main roster push. And even in NXT, I didn't really get to see too much of him in NXT. Uh, but no, there's, if, if there's one thing you ever need to see from him on NXT is him yeeting Adam Cole. yeah. Oh no, like the, the pandemic stuff. Like I saw all of that. That was really good. But I'm talking about like even before, like when he got first signed. Uh, oh. So watch some of his matches with Dominic Dajakovic, like 10 out of 10. Yeah, I need to go back. I need to I need to re reevaluate and revisit some of those matches. But it's good to hear that he's back. It's good to hear that he's okay. And again, it's it's more of a cautionary tale about still taking this pandemic seriously and you know unfortunately sickness and death isn't political as much as people want it to be but he's still here we didn't get to talk about this uh last week because we think we recorded before it was announced but uh about the cuts in nxt yeah uh cuts the actually those cuts came like the day after we recorded yeah um and you know that's another um you know, not symptom, but another uh, cause of the pandemic. Not a cause. I don't know. What would you call it? Another effect of the pandemic. I don't uh, necessarily think it's a effect of the pandemic. I think it's an effect of losing the Wednesday Night War. I think both. I think both have, have a part to do with it because and it came out in their investor calls um, that I, I I believe it was the torch. One of them. You, I, I'm sorry that we don't have all of this up right now because we're we're kind of skipping around. But in one of their last invest in investment calls, they were talking about how they were down a little bit in profits 
not by much. They were still hitting record profits, but they're down a little bit because now all of their funds and resources are going to to the buildings now because now we are out of the Thunderdome for now, unless they have to go back. But they are, you know, they're in the thunder. They're in arenas. They have to travel, so those expenses are coming back again. Uh, so the cuts are coming from one the pandemic when they got used to seeing really high profits because they didn't have to house people other than their own you know wrestlers two um nick khan you know nick khan has been leading these cuts more than anyone and it's been told that vince mcmahon could have stopped a lot of these cuts um three yeah i think aew does some has something to do with it because you know they don't want even though they don't want to admit aew's competition because they see themselves as disney whereas I would compare AEW to, I don't know what, like PBS. Yeah. And, you know, not to, and that's not a, uh, just, you know, to spite AEW. That's just what it is. You know, they're, they're still new, you know, they're still in their infancy. Um, so it's, it's hard to say that they're true competition. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of things at play here. And I remember, seeing a report where all the talent that they had scooped up in 2017, 2018, uh, apparently Vince McMahon saw that in earnest where he had an idea for everybody, you know, and it wasn't just to spite, you know, New Japan or it wasn't just to spite all the other companies. They really wanted to do something. Um, But now that, you know, they are in record profits again, they just want to release or they just want to ease up money everywhere they can, even releasing people that could have had a chance like Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was the biggest release that we didn't get to talk about because yeah. that happened the day after we recorded. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to, fa- to, to comprehend why that would happen. Uh, you know, and, the, you know, all signs point to, they're getting rid of anybody that hasn't been on TV recently for whatever reason and anybody that's not generating money. No. I, I mean, I kind of get that, but you have people like Bobby Fish, who was on literally that past Tuesday's NXT. Um, you have Bronson Reed, who was the last U.S. champion before. Yeah, the last North American champion. Uh like I get like things like you know Kona Reeves, like Kona Reeves I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, like that's an interesting. NXT. Yeah, she was in you know Retribution. She wanted to go back to NXT because she was just like, you know, this is stupid. She was able to get herself out of there, which good for her. I bought her a little bit yeah. more time, but I mean, yeah, she was able to lobby herself out of there, which was good on her. Uh, but uh, again, a great talent, and you know, could I, I believe? They wanted to utilize her as a trainer in NXT too. Yeah. Because she has a lot of experience. She never really, she, she's worked everywhere else, but WWE. So it's sad to see that her run wasn't really that long with the company. Um, it's, it's, and again, unless they're making a lot of money for them, there's no reason, they see no reason to keep them because like, yeah, okay, Bobby Fish has been with WWE since what, like 2017, 2018? But uh, a little bit longer than that, because they came around the time Adam Cole came, so that was like yeah. 2019. Yeah. Okay. So, but of all four members of the Undisputed Era, would you? I mean, would you really call Bobby Fish a moneymaker? 
Like, you would, you really call, you would, you, would you really call Roderick Strong a moneymaker? Mm, not really. Exactly. And really, the only two people that have really, like, shown are Adam Cole, because one, he was the main face of the group. And two, um, fuck, what can I think of his name? And uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly does have, I mean, he has a, he literally has a baby face. He has a face you want to cheer for. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, WWE doesn't um, they don't utilize tag teams and I know that was one of the biggest things uh, in AEW when they first arrived is like you know they appreciate tag team wrestling which they do and you know Fish and O'Reilly weren't really used that well all the time as a tag team well no they were in NXT but after obviously the UE broke up uh, it kind of went downhill for both of them because you could have kept them as a team you could have just kept Red Dragon there yeah you could have easily kept that as a team, and I, I, I get it. Like I get it, but then, you know, there's also the direction that, you know, Meltzer stated that, you know, they're looking for bigger, younger guys who can main event WrestleMania. Bigger, younger guys, but we're getting rid of all the thirty-year-olds. Mm-hmm. We're all getting all the rid of all the people under forty, between thirty and forty. Yeah, and uh, you know, they also said no more midgets. Which brings us to our next point, because according to Meltzer and according to a couple other people, Adam Cole's um, contract is up. Yeah. And uh, he's basically did a handshake deal to go to go with the WWE until this next takeover. Yeah. Yeah. So this next takeover is going to be his last takeover unless, you know, they offer him a whole bunch of money or he goes somewhere else. And honestly, like, you know, they could have him stay in NXT, but what is what else is there for, for him to do in NXT? Yeah. You know, what else is there for who who else is he gonna, you know, really feud with? Because NXT is small. And he, if he goes to the main roster, he's just gonna get lost in the shuffle and they're gonna end up really they're gonna end up releasing him maybe like four to six months later. You know, so I mean, you know, he's he's friends with the Bucks. Uh, if he wanted to, he can, you know, obviously his, his girlfriend, Britt Baker, is an AEW. Um, he could go back to ROH to help younger guys. Like, there's a lot of stuff out for him out there for him to do to satisfy him creatively. But if he stays with the WWE, I think it's, it's just a safe play, you know, for the money. But I'm not Adam Cole. It, but if I was, I, I think I would go look elsewhere. I think. I, I see my ceiling in WWE with the stature that I have, with mm-hmm. the charisma that I have. Because if somebody like Bray Wyatt gets released, who who really is safe? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My thoughts exactly. I mean, forget about like Bray. If Bray Wyatt's not safe, so if Bray Wyatt isn't safe, and if Braun Strowman isn't safe, who really is? Yeah, like I could, and it's surprising too because, you know, as far as a, a big show stature, Braun Strowman was your guy. Yeah. You know, and it's not like Big Show had a huge personality either, but, um, you know, that's if that's what they want, the size, if they want the look, I mean, Braun Strowman had it all. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, obviously his money situation was really high up there, but I mean, who knows. Now, uh, the USA's net, network is actually really disappointed following all the NXT releases. Um, yeah. 
Oh, you're, uh, and especially with the Bray Wyatt release, I heard they were really upset with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to see what, where things are going to go. Um, Everybody keeps saying sale. Yeah. And I, I like, I, I, at this point, nothing surprises me anymore. I think all they're doing is trimming the fat. I think they realized they had too many people on the payroll. Um, also, uh, Pete Dunn's contract, I think, is up as well. Pete Dunn's contract is up as well. And I I, uh, fuck, I really want to see him go elsewhere. He he could go back to NXT, you know, NXT UK, stay there, stay home, you know, set up, you know, the WWE's presence in the UK and UK wrestling. He could do that. I don't see him doing anything on the main roster, unfortunately, because again, they don't know what to do with him. And plus, he doesn't have too much. I'm not going to say he doesn't have a personality or character or charisma, but it doesn't translate as well on the main roster for what the main roster wants, for what yeah. Raw would want. Maybe for SmackDown, but not so much for Raw. Um, and it sucks. There's no one is safe, unfortunately. Um, we will see what happens what comes of this we will see who shows up where um you know unfortunately aew can't hire everyone uh because then they're they risk their roster being too bloated Uh, and and it's pretty big right now they have a really good roster it's it's full of people who you know deserve a lot of screen time and unfortunately you can't give everybody the screen time they deserve uh, they're they're really good about spacing everybody out, which I kind of picked up on the other day. Like, let's talk like let's talk a little bit about not last night's dynamite, but the week before that Malachi mm-hmm. Black versus Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he did an excellent job of setting up that match. You know, for weeks you had Malachi Black, uh, Tommy End, uh, come out and essentially make his presence known. Um, him and Cody went back and forth for a couple of weeks, you know, not really long segments, you know, the couple words, kicks, stuff like that. You got that brawl the week before, yeah. and then, you know, you get the main event of Dynamite. And it's it's not the classic that you thought it would be. You get surprised and getting a short match, which, make, which makes Malachi Black look just incredible. You make him look dominating. And because we didn't, we saw him at least every week, but we didn't spend like two to three segments of show on them. You gave them little tastes. You know, first taste is free. Now you got to come back next week to get your next little taste. Now you're going to come back next week. Now we're going to give you the full fucking meal. Oh, you don't think that's good enough? We're going to make you believe it's good enough. And you know what? It was. Like, they did a really excellent job in doing that. And, uh, you know, they do that for a lot of people. But sometimes I think, I, I mean, for me, I don't have the patience for that sometimes. You know, like I, I immediately want to see more of Malachi Black. I want to see more of Hangman Page, you know, especially with Hangman Page's story. Like, he's going to, yeah, well, he's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, he's going to be gone for a while, unfortunately. Um, but I just, you know, I, I am so tired of the jerk around with Hangman Page's story. I just want I just want to see him win. I want to see some cowboy shit. I just want to see him finally like beat his demons. 
of the elite. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. But I mean, again, there's only so much time in each show, and even with Rampage, because Rampage is what only an hour or is going to be two hours. It's only an hour long. So you have an only an hour long to focus on younger talent because a lot of the people that have been shining on dark you're going to see a lot of those people on rampage and for the very first episode of rampage you're getting uh you know christian cage versus kenny omega for the impact world tag team uh impact ta- uh impact heavyweight championship yeah um you know to kick off the show is, to get eyes on it is that a sentence you thought you would be saying last year christian cage versus kenny omega okay again those two names together no the impact right. world heavyweight championship on AEW, no. I I'm none. I don't know what simulation we're in, but I'm glad to be a part of it. <laughs> like, here's the crazy part: is I could actually see Christian Cage winning the Impact Championship, which puts a lot more stakes for their All Out Championship. So it could be champion versus championship. But does that mean that you get Christian Cage back in the Impact Zone? I would assume so. My thing. Yeah, that'd be interesting. You kind of you kind of play hot potato, but then who is going to beat Christian Cage? It's going to be so. Here's the thing: is it'll be I see Christian Cage winning on Friday, but I see him dropping that title come all out to Kenny Omega. So it's going to be a championship versus. I feel like it'd be a championship versus championship match. It could be. It could be. I see some. I saw some people on Twitter speculating that, you know, having Christian Cage beat Kenny Omega on Friday mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make the championship match at All Out all that interesting because now you really do see Christian Cage as a threat, or you see Christian Cage as, as almost like an equal. So you're not really like hyped for it. You know, I see people saying that Kenny Omega should beat Christian Cage, um, and then you have. Um, you have him drop the title to whoever at All Out, to Christian Cage at All Out. Um, And then that way you can get the Impact title off of Kenny Omega at, like, another Impact pay-per-view, you know? Yeah. Because he's already – because, like, you want to keep – you want somebody on Impact to beat Kenny Omega. You don't want somebody on Impact beating Christian Cage because that's not going to get – like, it'll give him the rub of, like, okay, you beat a veteran – but you didn't be the biggest person in wrestling right now. Like you beat a guy, but you didn't beat Omega. Yeah, you beat a guy, but you didn't beat the guy. Exactly. I you know, get that. Uh, so I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see that, uh, how that see see how that turns out. But you know, um, what have you thought about the labors of love thing lately? The labors of what? The labors of Jericho. Sorry. I was like, labors of love. I was like, this is a different podcast. <laughs> All right, Dr. Drew, just. Um, I thought it was interesting. I What I believe is that uh, I think they ordered them a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, I would have done, I would have done Wardlow with MJ. No, okay. They did it right with Sean Spears first. Yeah. I would have done Hooventude next. No, I would have done Wardlow next. Then, no, no, no. well, no, that's what you do. You space them out. So I would have okay. done. I would have done Sean Spears. I would have done Hooventude because that you know it's a match where you have to win off the top rope. Then you do yeah. Wardlow. No, no, yeah. Then you do Wardlow, and then you do Nick Gage, or you can you could have switched them out. You do Nick Gage third, 
and then Wardlow. But I think Wardlow, you do one, you know, one after the other. I think that would have worked. And then you get MJF. I guess, yeah. I, I like my, like, I would have liked, you know, it's okay. You have Sean Spears, Wardlow, then you have to, then you kick it off the death match between Nick Gage. Yeah. Like, that would have been my, my idealistic way. And then now the, so now, you know, we're going to get MJF versus Chris Jericho, but you can't use Judas. So no Judas music, no Judas effect. So he still has the code breaker. He has the lion tamer. Was think, Jericho. Was Jericho. He doesn't really hit the that moonsault much, does he? No, he doesn't really hit that moonsault so often. I was expecting for him to hit a moonsault during that Hooventude match. Yeah, so was I. Um. Yeah, it, it was it was oddly paced. It was good. They were interesting, but I think they were just oddly placed. Because where do you yeah. go after an, a, a death match of that caliber? Like you can't really go up from there. No, um, but yeah, uh, it, I think it's been thoroughly entertaining. It's interesting to see what he's gonna do. Uh, maybe he, maybe uh, a uh, t- Tony Khan pays for the Knights' rights, uh, uh, the rights to a uh, a white zombie song for that night. Oh man, because that was curious. Jericho's. That was Jericho's theme in ECW. Was it? It was. Um, Fuck, I, I can't remember at the time. It was a white zombie song, though. I think I, I have it. It was Electric Head. It was Electric Head? I think so. I have it right here, actually. Yeah, Electric um, Head Part 2. Yeah, Electric Head Part 2. This is a really good song. Um, uh, uh, That's one way to go. Yeah. What, what, would you, what would you have done differently? For The Labors of Jericho? Yeah, do you, do you agree with do you agree with using Wardlow or not or not sticking to just all the pinnacle? I would have, I mean, I would have gone through all the pinnacle. I would have made this last all the way through till uh till all out. Mm-hmm. So have them go through, you know, each member of the pinnacle. And then, you know, add those, add those two, you know, cherry on tops of here's Hufatu Guerrero. Here's Nick Gage. Like, I would have done that. That would have been my route. Yeah. Replacing, okay, so for me, the, I think the weakest match for me was um, Wardlow. Um, don't get me wrong, I appreciate Wardlow, um, kind of. Um, if you could have picked somebody from New Japan, who would you have picked? Uh, fucking me, I would have gone with evil. Yeah, I would have gone with evil. He they they fought for the uh intercontinental championship, right? I would have gone with evil. Yeah. I've gone with the too. Mm, I don't, that's a really big gap. That's true. Okay, let's say if you couldn't get Okada, who who, who would have been your second pick? Uh, evil, yeah, that's evil makes the most sense, right. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say Tanahashi. I thought you would say Tanahashi. Tanahashi too would make sense too. Like Tanahashi are evil. Like those would be another two. big get, but it would have made sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the like I think a lot of his best rivalries you can't really 
you can't really do on AEW because most of those people are with WWE. Like, I mean, you're not going to get a Rock rivalry. You're obviously not going to get a Triple H rivalry. Well, who knows? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe now with everything going with NXT, they might. Uh, you're not gonna get Austin. Yeah. You're not gonna get. Um... You're not gonna get Shawn Michaels. <laughs> What's Hicken, Michael Hickenbottom doing in the Dynamite Zone? <laughs> yeah. um, how did how did Hicken how did Hickenbottom get here? Uh, one more piece of news before we go into our main part of uh, the main part of our podcast. Uh, congratulations go out to Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Yes, I know. Uh, like, super huge congratulations. Uh, they are expecting a child. Coming February 2022. Uh, you know, in a world with really weird wrestling news and you know, the world still being in disarray, it's good to see that, you know, people be excited about new life and future uh you still have future programs to to book with people's children you know i'm looking forward to um the gargano baby versus the hardy baby at some point oh my god yes yes i, I, give, I, I would love to see that it's gonna be so interesting seeing how many people's kids actually get into wrestling like i didn't expect the rocks daughter one of the rocks daughters to be into wrestling yeah um i didn't expect like um you know, who else has a daughter in wrestling that I just saw? Um, Paul Lindenberg's or? Hmm? Paul, uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Paul Erdenberg? Paul Orndorff or? No, not Orndorff. Because uh... I just saw, she just signed with, uh, oh, so Santino Morella's daughter. Santino Morella has a daughter? Santino Morella's daughter uh, is an NW, NWA in power. Really? She's going to be on the pay-per-view. Oh, wait, that's right, because he's having a match with... He's having... Actually, uh, there's a... Him and his daughter are actually having a match against uh, Jimmy Wang Yang and his daughter. Yeah, and then uh, his daughter is going to be facing... Uh, well, she was just signed to the card. But... Oh, and then fucking Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko has a daughter? Debbie Malenko. Jeez. I believe, yeah. Oh, trained by the great Boris Malenko, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. He's going to be a part of the NW, the first ever NWA Women's Invitational Cup. Nice. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay, so she was trained by Boris and Dean Malenko, and then they gave her the name Malenko. They let her use the name Malenko. Okay. Which is a great honor. Like, if that, <laughs> you know, if, if, if a family gives you their name, just like Rey Mysterio, how he was able to drop the junior because of his uncle. Like, if somebody lets you do that, that means you, there's something good about you. Uh, so that's great to hear. Um, actually, let's run. Let's look at this real quick because we've heard about. So obviously, if you don't know what NWA Empower is, it's the um, women all women's pay per view that is going to be headed by Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James got released from WWE this year, and uh, NWA looked to her to. Uh, make their Empower pay-per-view, which is going to be taking place on the 28th of August this month, uh, this year. And Well, right now, their biggest match is going to be uh, legit uh, Layla Hirsch representing AEW going against Camille for the uh, NWA Women's World Championship. Uh, so that's going to be a big match. we got Deanna Perrazzo versus Melina versus the Impact for the Impact Knockouts Championship. 
Um, and then we have an invitational, like I uh, mentioned earlier, with Bianca Car uh, Carlisle, um, as I said, Debbie Malenko, and uh, a bunch of other people that haven't been named yet. Oh, sorry. In the Invitational Cup is Chelsea Green, Toot Lynn, Jamie Singel, Lady Frost, and four more that haven't been named yet. So, and I know two pretty iconic women whose uh, non-competes should be up by then. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about this. So, who knows what they're going to be doing. Uh, but this actually looks really uh, exciting. I, I mean, I want to watch this. You know, do you? I am 129% down for this. There have been a lot of all women um, uh, pay-per-views and, you know, st uh, events going on within the past, like, I want to say like three, four or five years. The two biggest, well, one of the biggest being uh, WWE Evolution, uh, which was actually made better because, you know, the most important people were stuck in Saudi Arabia during that time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's what made the show better. Uh, <laughs> but it was a really good show. But this, you know, this might be one of the greatest uh, in a while. So I, I am all hyped for this. Um, anything else before we go into my presentation? Uh, oh, you mentioned Chelsea Green. Chelsea, Chelsea Green and uh, I don't know if I, I shared this news with you, but I don't know if anyone, everyone's heard about it, but uh, apparently WWE are trying to uh, copyright her name. So they tried to copyright her name when she initially signed with them back last year. And because yeah. they were doing, they were doing a thing where they were trying to copyright everybody because they tried to copyright her. They tried to copyright Keith Lee because they have a very big hard on for owning all the names for everybody, because that's where you make the most money from the mm -hmm. identity. Um, they tried filing for it back in April, but nothing really came of it. Then she got released, and then she found out that they were still trying to go for it because she had okayed it at the time. Yeah. Um, As of August 5th, they tried to, they submitted a document from November of 2020 stating that she gave him permission to use her name to, uh, you know, copyright her name. That's like, that's grimy. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you let, but you said back then, but it's like, okay, but I'm not signed with you anymore. Like, what, why do you need my name? Yeah. What have I done for you that you need my name that bad? Like her, and that's her legit name too. Yeah. Like she's one of the few people that actually uses their legit name. Uh, but, you know, she was ready to go to court over it. And then at the zero hour, uh, WWE dropped it. So she gets to keep her name. Because I like I don't I, who the like well, who made the call to like still run with it even after you've already like you know dropped them. I can see Nick Khan doing that. Yeah, but why again? Why like he he obviously doesn't know who he has. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, are we ready for this? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I will be attending. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Resurgence. It is their first um, show with fans in America since 2019. I want to say late 2019, maybe early 2020. Um, and my girlfriend, my goodly girlfriend, was good enough to buy us some tickets. So we are going to be going uh, on Saturday. But she knows nothing about wrestling. 
she's still very adamant about going because wrestling isn't necessarily her thing. Uh, but I wanted her to come with me because I one, I didn't really care for going alone. Two, you know, I think it's just something that you kind of have to experience once to kind of get it. Um, and I think this is a good show to introduce her to because you know the energy of the room. Considering that one, this is the first New Japan show uh, in the U.S. in quite a while, and two, just looking at the card, I think it's going to be uh, a fucking riot. Like I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, so I made her a PowerPoint, kind of running down what to expect, who's who, so that way while we're on the stands, I don't have to be running down the whole history, you know, so I can be like, remember this slide? Like, remember that person? That's who that person is, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I'm going to kind of run it by Don before I run it by her tonight. Uh, okay. So let's get to it. So, hmm, Okay. So again, resurgence, and if we, you know, we, I don't know, oh, fuck, I wish we could put up the video portion of this, but I'm going to be going through everything anyway. So, you know, if you guys want to see it, uh, hit me up on Twitter and I'll email it to you. I am okay. at pending257. If you want me to email this PowerPoint to you so that way you can have a look at it, I'm at pending257 on Twitter or TNDW Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. But here we yeah, go. I might, I might just put this video part up for us on Twitter. Do it. Uh, NWA uh, resurgence. So, and I kind of worked on this slide a little bit, but it's things you will hear repeatedly and what they mean. So IWGP, which is the International Wrestling Grand Prix, it's the governing body of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So these letters precede the name of almost every championship, which is, includes the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Tag Team Championships, all that, with the exception of the Never Openweight Championships. Uh, too sweet is what you will hear at basically any wrestling show. Um, it's the call of the click from the 90s. Uh, it was adopted by Bullet Club uh, in 2014 up until 2018 when all of the elite got kicked out. And, you know, Tomatonga and all of them have been very anti-too-sweet and anything to do with the elite. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's something you're going to hear. She's going to hear a lot. And honestly, if you want this to present to your own significant other, if that doesn't know wrestling, please, you, can, you have every right to use this. I just want to share this. This is so awesome. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for this. The main factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling, if there, is a if there is a company that has a shit ton of factions, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. But these are the four main ones. So we have Suzuki-Goon, Bullet Club, of course, Chaos, and Los Ingobernales de Japón. And, that's not the, and lo, that last one isn't even technically there. I mean, it is, but it wasn't started there, which is awesome. Los, which one was it started there? Uh, Los Engabernadas de Japón, that wasn't started there. That was started in CMLL, I think. But obviously, you know, it's it's like a sub-faction of that one. Um, so those are the main factions in New Japan. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the main ones. I put music! Um, so Bullet Club is obviously one of the biggest factions. Okay, there we go. okay, so I'm introducing the leader of Bullet Club right now, Switchblade Jay White. He is the fourth leader of Bullet Club. He was once a part of the Chaos faction, but left to join Bullet Club. He's a former IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Champion, as well as an Inter uh, IWGP United States Champion. 
He is the current never openweight champion, and his uh, catchphrase is "Breathe with the switchblade." I like the that picture real... you picked of him. Hmm? I like that picture you picked of him. Right, and it's from Impact. Yeah, Impact is actually really good with their photos. Yeah, they're really good. Really... I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed with like all the content they've been putting out. The people have been doing their camera work. Uh, a second, the, one of the second biggest factions is Chaos. And Chaos is led by the Rainmaker, Kaz- Kazuchika Okada. He is the second leader of Chaos. Can you believe it? That they've only had two leaders this whole time. Uh, I did not, yeah, that's crazy. And he's been the leader since 2012, 2013. He's a former five-time IWGP heavyweight champion. He's regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the past decade. Unfortunately, he might not be at Resurgence, but uh, I have had the good fortune to see him with Don. At all, uh, all in. So I can at least say that I've seen him live once in my life. Uh, yeah. So he was, God, that match is so great. <clears throat> Considering all who was in it, it was still great. Yeah. Um, analysis. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing an analysis of the cards. So I'm going to be talking about some of the participants in the match, uh, who they're affiliated with, and why the match is important. So we have a dark match that starts when doors open. Uh, the participants are to be announced, but I'm assuming it's probably going to be some young lion from the LA dojo. Um, and obviously, everybody, everybody knows the dark match is mostly to get these kids some exposure and kind of, you know, get the crowd a little bit warmed up. Um, the first actual match on Resurgence is going to be Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks. Both are young lions with the New Japan dojo in LA. I, I know Carl Fredericks looks familiar. And so is Coughlin. Uh, no idea who these two dudes are. Again, the young lions, the, but yeah. they're both they're both in their late twenties. I think Coughlin is my age, and that pisses me off because I don't look like that. Uh, yeah, you look way older than that. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but that's gonna be an interesting match to see. Uh, I really want to because uh, you know it's fun to see these matches and then to see what happens to them later on. Like when we went to All In. The very first match was Matt Cross versus MJF, and look how far MJF has come. Yeah, like it's so it's so crazy to think about that. So this is gonna be I'm gonna be looking at this match like really closely. Uh, second match, we got Fred Rosser, formerly Darren Young, with Rocky Romero and Rocky Romero and Wheeler Yuta going against TJP, Clark Connors, and Ren Narita. Um, obviously. Um, ones to look out for is Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero, who's a member of Chaos. He was part of Rapongi Vice, but is now mostly a manager for Rapongi 3K, but he does still wrestle from time to time, and he's a highly respected veteran. Um, I can't remember the last time I saw Fred Rosser outside of WWE. I, so <laughs> funny story. I actually saw him, but not in a w, not in a wrestling environment. Um, it was at a Mega Ran concert. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wasn't was, uh, he? Wasn't he at uh, the the all out all in thing? Yeah, he was. He was. That's right with uh, Leva Bates. Yeah. Uh, Wheeler Yuta has been on AEW television a lot. Um, quick side note: apparently, WWE thought about signing Wheeler Yuta at one point. Yeah. It's very interesting. And they decided not to, which was kind of one of those signs. Like, what the fuck? Why would you not want to sign this guy? He's been supremely talented, and he was on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, he's been on yeah. Dynamite the past couple of weeks. 
yeah, it's it's amazing to see it's amazing to see who they pass up on for whatever reason. Uh, TJP uh, is most notable as well. He was the most he was the the first cruise newer cruiserweight champion, right? When they did that cruiserweight yeah. challenge. Yeah, he was the first cruiserweight champion. He won the first cruiserweight classic. The first cruiserweight classic. Yes, there we go. Uh, Clark Connors looks in uh, looks familiar. Red Narita doesn't. It's a lot of style. It's a lot of different styles, but it's a lot of uh, smaller guys. So especially with TJP, we're gonna see yeah. some cool moves uh, during that match. But honestly, I have anything having to do with Rocky Romero. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm going for. Fred Russell's probably like the biggest guy in this match. As far as size goes, yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see. So, and you know, New Japan is just as good with uh, multi-man tag team matches as AEW is. So, this is gonna be fun to see. This is this is gonna be the true hype match. Um, we have the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, going against John Moxley and a mystery uh, tag team partner. Uh, so, let's uh, go to the next, let's go to the video and see how this started. I just want to send a little message real quick after that match to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wherever my travels in the sport take me, you can be damn sure of one thing. I will settle scores that need settled. Whether it takes months, weeks, days, hours, years, I will eventually get you. I will settle a score. And I got a little bit of business with these Bullet Club type guys. And I was just thinking, you know, on the 14th, I got a buddy of mine meet me in LA for some beers. So why don't we make it a two for one? Good brothers, Gallows, Anderson, you meet me at Resurgence in LA. And I'll have a surprise for you. If you got the balls between the two of you. So for those of you who don't know John Moxley, and if you're listening to this, uh, shame on you. Uh, he is formerly Dean Ambrose in WWE. He is the former IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the former and second AEW World Heavyweight Champion. He usually collides with Bullet Club and the Elite. Um, he has something of a loose cannon and is known for his violence. In New Japan, his moniker is actually the Death Rider. And I really like the Death Rider character in New Japan. I yeah. think it fits him perfectly. Um, you know, unfortunately, because of COVID and, you know, sometimes travel issues because, you know, New Japan is uh, prone to water-based uh, natural disasters. Uh, he w- had to drop the IWGP United States Championship, and it was won by Lance Archer, And but he did want it back from Lance Archer. So him and Archer have a really good uh, feud going yeah. uh, for that championship. But because he's going up against the Good Brothers... He needs a tag team partner. And going off of that video, going off of that video and saying that he's meeting up with a buddy in LA for beers, uh, the only person that I could think of, and this is my guess, uh, because who else do you know from California? Me? Frankie Kazarian. That's Actually, I didn't even fucking think about that. Frankie and Kazarian. The elite hunter. He is the elite hunter. Um, he has been known to also wrestle for New Japan once in a while. He is a former member of SoCal Uncensored, SCU. Uh, he's known to frequent Southern California locations, including In-N-Out and comic book stores. And yeah, right now he is the elite hunter in AEW, but he's also been known as the Bullet Club hunter in, Ar- in Ring of Honor. So that's my guess. I mean, I, again, I could be completely wrong, but to me, this makes the most logical sense. 
but I'm going to be excited yeah. no matter who it is. I didn't even think about Kazarian. I was, I was going to say Daniels, but Daniels is... I think Daniels is way too busy with his office job. Uh, Christopher Daniels? Yeah, he's way yeah. too busy. But that makes... It makes so much more sense because he is the elite hunters. Now on to their opponents. Yeah. Yeah, look at this. Oh! The World Tag Team Champions of Impact Wrestling. That's us! The Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Ooh. The best big man in the entire business. The Big LG Doc Gallows. Preach. August 14th, Preach. Resurgence. Shinihone Pro Wrestling. John Moxley. You're bringing a surprise partner. Oh! A so. mystery partner in Los Angeles, California at the LA Coliseum. Good. Resurgence. You know what it sounds like to me, Mox? It sounds like a mystery magic killer for the mystery partner. Yeah. And then a magic killer for you, Mox, because the seven-time world tag team champions are coming back home. And just like we said, and we always say, it's that same old recipe, because I like saying it, I'm going to say it again. Why would you say that? It's a magic killer, a one, two, three, and a just too sweet. That's elite. So, of course, you and I know who the good brothers are. It's Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, and Doc mm-hmm. Gallo. So, they are former Bullet Club members, the current Impact Tag Team champions in their second reign. Uh, they also run with the uh, Super Elite in AEW, and they are former multi time IWGP heavyweight champions. Uh, they left for the WWE in 2016, along with a certain phenomenal person. Uh, uh, I, I'm excited to see them back in New Japan. They um, they have been back recently for Strong Style, where there is a tag team tournament going on. Um, and I believe they are in the semifinals right now. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that tag team thing finished up or not, but I'm surprised we're not seeing a tag team title match here, you know? I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see this regardless. I think this is one of the matches I'm really hyped for. Like, considering all, all of who's in the card, uh, I'm excited for this one, especially to see who that mystery opponent is. I, I hope I'm right. Like I think I'm, you might be, yeah. I think I've you always, might be right on this. I've always been a huge fan of Frankie Kazarian, going back to the early TNA days when he had long hair. So yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see. Next match, uh, we have a ten man no, tag. I've, I've always wanted to see a match between Kazarian and uh, Suicide. I want to see Christopher Daniels versus Curry Man. I also want to see TJP versus uh, versus Suicide. Oh, my goodness. We have a 10-man tag team match. We have Leo Rush, Brody King, Chris Dickinson, Fred Yee, and Yuya Yumara versus Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Droll Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Danny Limelight. Tom Lawler is one of the most notable person on Team B because he was the most recent uh, Ring of Honor Strong champion? Yes. Yes. Uh, when they brought back that tournament. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see him. It's interesting to see that he's not in like a singles match. They put him in a big in a big tag match. Um, Brody King, huge motherfucker, wrestles mostly for Ring of Honor. So these are some people of note, Brody King. Uh, Leo Rush is a very Coming talented... Out of retirement. Very talented cruiserweight. Rest, recently had suffered an ACL tear, but also renounced his retirement. Uh, and he is making good on those dates, right? He did actually come out of retirement. Yeah. Because when they announced Resurgence and they ever announced him for the card, he was still in retirement. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's making good on his word. 
this would be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, for non-wrestling fans, like, it doesn't really matter what we talk about right now regarding him, but, I mean, I hope his attitude problems have kind of, you know, eased up a bit. From what I hear, he, he has a better attitude about everything now, which is good to hear because, you know, it's kind of disappointing to for a lot of these people to just have, you know, a bigger head than they should, you know, their ego to be inflated, to be too inflated, I should say. Although, what am I saying? I, I don't wrestle. Uh, next, Tomohiro Ishii Moose. versus Moose. 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 If there's Moose. a fucking Haas fight to behold, it's this. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, member of Chaos, one of the toughest men in all of New Japan. He's the he is currently one third of the never open weight uh, six man tag team champions. If you've never seen uh, a, a Tomohiro Ishii match. Um, your face is going to hurt just from watching it on the screen. Uh, this man is a hard striker. He is tough as nails. He's strong I, style to the core. He is. He's strong style personified. Oh, that's what I should have. That's what I'm actually going to put uh, at the beginning of this. I'm going to define strong style. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this. I've been a, I've been a low-key fan of, of Tomohiro Ishii for quite a bit. Uh, so uh, this is going to be like another bucket list thing. Like the, ne- the I think the next thing, uh, like right above him, would probably be seeing Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki would be a great fucking. Uh, I s- I still need my Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy match. Oh my god, that would be so great. I am. If there's one thing that COVID truly robbed us all, uh, robbed us all of, it's that match. Uh, his his uh, opponent, Moose, former Impact and TNA World Champion. He is a former football player. Uh, with Moose, his popularity was really up, you know, 2015, 2016, but it's kind of weighed. He's incredibly talented, but, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of mixed feelings about Moose a lot of the times. I feel like he peaked at All In. Um, I feel like that was peak Moose. So like 2018? Yeah. Yeah, 2018, I think Moose kind of did peak a bit. Um, but, I mean, he, he has been a franchise player for TNA for the past couple of years. And you can't really doubt that. You know, they've, they've, they've utilized him really well. I think he's brought a lot of legitimacy to, the, to a lot of the smaller guys in TNA, especially Eddie Edwards. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so it's going to be good to see him. And, again, a Haas fight, if you've, if you've ever heard of, heard of him, uh, Moose versus Tomorrow Ishii. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, our next match for the Never Openweight Championship, it's going to be Jay White versus David Finley. Uh, just to go over what the Never Openweight belt is, Never, and I didn't know this, Never equals New Blood, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical. So apparently mm-hmm. Never was supposed to be like a show for New Japan. It was uh, kind of to show off the younger guys. That was established mm-hmm. in like 2010. They didn't get a belt for that show until two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so open weight means that it's open to anybody in any weight class. They can challenge and hold the title, but they New Japan technically has it listed as a heavyweight belt. Um, the prestige of the title kind of fluctuates, but it obviously depends on who's holding it because again, it was um, to show off. And to like you know, kind of put the younger guys on a pedestal, but their first five champions were all people over 35. 
Do you know who the first champion was? Um, I. Uh, one guess. One guess without looking it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't know. Masato Tanaka. Okay. I don't know. I was gonna say Carl Anderson. Well, he they fought in the finals for this match. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they fought in the finals for this for this championship, and at the time, uh, Tanaka was thirty nine. Wow. Yeah. But it does bring legitimacy, I guess. But like you know, again, it kind of fluctuates with who has it. So first, the challenger. Yeah, there's been a a couple of really good. Yeah, Tanahashi holds it. I mean, there's there's some good names here. So our looking at our challenger, David Finley, who's an Irish badass, born in Germany. He's the son of WCW wrestler Fit Finley. He's a former IWGP and Impact Tag Team Champion, and he teams with Juice Robinson as Finn Juice. Um, you know everything you always hear and see about David Finley has been true. He's a really great talent. He is um, so good. Uh, he, I've really liked him in, in Impact lately. Uh, I think him and Juice Robinson brought a lot of fresh air, uh, a breath of fresh air uh, to Impact in their title scene. And especially them with the Good Brothers, it's it's been phenomenal, for lack of a better word. Uh, looking at the champion again, like I introduced earlier, Switchblade Jay White. He is, the again, the fourth leader of Bullet Club. Um, he's the current and 33rd never open weight champion. Like I, I, you know, you always, I can't believe how many times, how many people have held that title. Yeah. Like it's That's so, crazy. It's, yeah, it's so crazy to think about. Um, this one's going to be a really interesting match. I am not a huge fan of Switchblade Jay White. Uh, I just like, I don't get like, oh my God, there's so many people that have the hots for him and I don't understand it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm indifferent about him, so I can't really say I like him or hate him. Like, I'm indifferent, so. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, though. I know there's a lot of people that are really invested in the, in the cutthroat era of Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And hope, maybe, I don't know, maybe he brings a little, a little Tongan help with him, you know, to the arena. Ooh. Maybe there's some uh, gorillas in the mist waiting. I didn't think about this, so uh, I mean, God could show up there, uh, but also recently on AEW, uh, their brother, their little brother, has been on AEW. Hikaleu. Yeah, Hikaleu. Hikaleu and um, King Haku. Yeah. They're all in America. Are, yeah, they're Bullet Club members, so it could, you know, could yeah, be interesting. If you're gonna, if you think you're gonna have a match with a Bullet Club member and there's not gonna be some sort of interference, then you are totally naive. Uh, our last match, and these are the only matches right now that are um, announced. So I believe, like I said earlier, there's three matches that have not been announced yet. But mm-hmm. our co-main event is Lance Archer versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. So real quick background on the United States title. Uh, it's the youngest of the champions, championships in New Japan being established in 2018. It was created by New Japan during their expansion in the United States as their popularity rose to its peak with American audiences. It was to be defended at New Japan events in America as well as Ring of Honor events with whom New Japan had a strong relationship with at that time. 
Uh, it's had a total of nine champions since its inception, with John Moxley and Lance Archer tying the record number of reigns at two each, respectively. Uh, I can't think of a more coveted belt right now. I mean, it's, so it's aside from the aside from the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I think this is you know this even beats the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, this is basically the new Intercontinental Champion almost as far as prestige goes. So this side of the states, uh, th- or sorry, this side of the Pacific is probably the most. It's probably the most coveted championship, and like I put that above, you know, I I will put that above because in WWE, t- belts are just props. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I put that above, like I'll put that above the AEW championship as well as the Impact championship. Ooh. Like the only belt that's probably more coveted than that right now, in is the uh, NWA ten pounds of gold. That's that's a that's 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 high praise. I would I wouldn't necessarily put it above the AEW championship, just because of how young it is and how many like, how they've only had like what three champions. Like I would honestly, if I had to put this above anything, I would put it above the the universal title or the WWE that's, title. Yeah, that's what. So for me, that's what kind of makes it a little. It's only a year older than the AEW AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But it's also only had the same amount of uh, title holders. The same amount of title holders? Yeah. There's only no, been three title holders. Three, for... three title holders for the AEW, and this has nine. Oh, nine. Okay, never mind, never mind. I, uh, I'll shut my mouth. I don't know why I was thinking there was far less. No, I mean, they're it's, they're almost there. They're pretty much, they're, they're under, like, 15. Okay. So, but that's why I'm saying, like, I would, like, I, that's why I wouldn't classify it above the AEW title because they don't necessarily play hot potato with it as much as, like, the WWE plays with, like, the Universal title or something. Although, you're, I I do agree with uh, the NWA Heavyweight Championship. I kind of put it on that level. Yeah. Uh, If only because, like, you, you've really built a reputation for it. And especially with the match quality for this. Sorry. So, there have been nine champions, but in total, people, that actually held the belt. It's like, like five, right? Four five. Or five. It's it's like four people. Uh, Omega, White, Cody, Archer, Moxley. Who else? So you have Omega, White, Robinson, Cody, Moxley, and Archer. So four. So six. Six. Sorry, six. Yeah, but they still count them though as like the ninth person, you know. Yeah, I know. That's I know bad. they still count them. Yeah, they still count them like that. But like, there's only yeah. been six people total that six have held nine reigns. Yeah, seven if you if you include vacant. <laughs> that, oh, that good old vacant. Uh, let's look at our our uh, participants. We have the champion, the murder hawk, Lance Archer, formerly Lance Hoyt. The current IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion in his second reign. He won the IWGP US title in 2019 and lost it to John Moxley, but then he recently won it back from John Moxley in AEW in July of 2021. Uh, big, huge dude. You know, when he first went to AEW, nobody really knew how much he would take off. And I, w- I have to say, in the past year, he's real, like his popularity has really risen, and especially that he has Jake the Snake Roberts with him. Like it, it, it helps the image a lot more, and it helps the you know having him as your as your promo guy helps a hell of a lot more too. Mm-hmm. And just the and fact he, that he's a fucking big ass motherfucker. Yeah. 
like if you think about like the just between you know Moxley and Archer, like like they've been hot potatoing over that title for the past two years. And granted, you know the the United States Championship kind of went on hiatus because of COVID, but like yeah. you know when it came back, you know and nobody questioned its its reputation. Nobody questioned its value in wrestling. Like it, yeah. it means something. Uh, and to see, you know, them still fighting over it, and considering who Archer's challenger is, like I, this, you know, this belt is going to be, you know, coveted for years to come. And speaking of that, let's look at our challenger, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Look at this list of accolades, bro. Yeah, Tanahashi. I mean, he's the ace for a reason. He is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's been wrestling since 1999, but but he began his rise to stardom in 2003. He is an eight-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He's a two-time IWGP Intercontinental Champion, three-time IWGP Tag Team Champion, a one-time Never Openweight Champion, and three-time Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Champion. He's won New Japan's G1 Climax Tournament three separate times, as well as the New Japan Cup twice. And overall... He's had 21 championship reigns in different promotions. Like, he's had great matches with Jericho, uh, Okada, everybody you could think of. He, and again, like we've talked about, I talked about this the last time we recorded. I don't like to compare people to, you know, to each other that much, especially in wrestling. But if there's a John Cena in New Japan, it's, it's, her, it's Tanahashi. It's Tanahashi. Like 100%. He is a... He is a legend. Um, I am super excited for this match. That is the co-main event. Like I said, we have three uh, matches that haven't been talked about yet or haven't been booked yet, supposedly, um, because there's supposed to be a total of like 12 matches. Um, Most notably, um, not in this event um, is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship uh, the IWGP Tag Team Championships or the Junior Tag Team Championships. And I think that's about it. Because, um, well, I don't think uh, their cha- their main champion is going to be coming over anytime soon. I don't think so either. Um, but, uh, you know, just with this card, I would be happy if this was just the card. But I can't wait to see what else they, they have in store for the U.S. fans. What do you think of this overall? It's going to be real interesting. What do you think about this this, this PowerPoint? I, I liked it. I liked it. Of course you I liked, liked it. it. You're just Good. as bad as me. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, okay, this took almost like a half an hour, so... My girlfriend was like, oh, you're going to be going for an hour because you're going to get sidetracked by stories. And I'm like, yes and no. Like, I can't tell you. I can't have a conversation about this with you as if I would with Donald. But I mean, yeah, I might get a little sidetracked, but I'm not going to get sidetracked for like an hour. Maybe 45 minutes at most. So, this will be fun. This will be interesting. Well, you got to be to you with that. Anything uh, else you want to cover before we leave? That was that was a lot. That was a lot of that was that was a lot to take in. That's what she said. Children. I don't um, have any. 
<laughs> Do you have child money? I don't have child. I don't, and I don't mean trafficking money. I mean having child money. Right? Children are expensive. I have I have pop Funkos to. I don't even. I'm not even a Funko person. I have AEW action figures to buy. I don't even buy those. Either. I have Ghostbuster stuff I have to buy. Oh, I know you're such a fucking '80s kid. I mean, I was born in the '80s, so there's that. <sighs> Like I don't, I can't. Like the the love and emotion you '80s kids have for like the Ghostbusters and the Goonies. Like I don't have that. I don't like, care I've about seen, the Goonies. Like, I've seen the Goonies, Goonies once. Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, like, like, like that's my shit. That's right. That's where I meet you in the middle of the us, the '80s and the '90s kids. Fucking Power Rangers. That's where I'll have Yeah, and Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, where can I find you, Don? Uh, you can find me on across all social medias, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. And where about you, good sir? I am at Pending257 on the Twitter. If you want a copy of this PowerPoint, please hit me up. I am more than happy to share, especially if you have a significant other that knows nothing about wrestling especially New Japan Pro Wrestling, I am more than happy to, to, to share my resources. Um, so please utilize this. So again, Pending257 on Twitter or TNDW Podcast on Twitter and as well as Facebook. Um, you know, just like the HR department in WWE, would you call this a show? Um, actually, I would say this is kind of more like Max Caster's uh, future. Would you call uh, this a show? Uh, I'd call this a fucking disaster. <laughs> 